0: Welcome to the Fearless Living Now podcast. I'm your host, Patty Lustig, and this podcast is sponsored by the Fearless Living Now community. If you're committed to accessing the courage to live life full out and beyond fear, you are in the right place. Each episode will be focused on an aspect of what it takes to find the courage needed to take action toward the fulfillment of your goals. Welcome everyone to this episode of Fearless Living Now. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to one of my dearest friends, Karen Coven. Karen is retired now, but spent many years working as a corporate trainer with Wilson Learning. And I also met her at Toastmasters, which I have been a member of for about five years. However, she's been a member for 45 years. Yes. And I have to say, she's an amazing public speaker. She's lived a long and fruitful life with many challenges, just like all of us. Today, I would love to hear from Karen about one or two of her greatest challenges and how she found the courage and inspiration to overcome and regenerate her life.
1: So what would you like to share with us, Karen? Karen? Well, thanks, Patty. And it's exciting to be here and to be working with you. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. One of the most significant experiences of my life that really charted the course for the rest of my life was choosing to start my own company. Mm. I had a absolute passion for speaking that went all the way back to high school. I was captain of the high school speech team. I was third in the state of Illinois. I was passionate about speaking and I wanted somehow to speak for a living. And this was hard because there's not a lot of role models around
2: people, yes. use,
1: you know, training, but usually that's internal within a company. You have company talent and experience. So this, it, it was hard to, to even know to create my dream. I love when Martin Luther says, you don't have to see the whole staircase, you just have to see the next step. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) And the first step for me, which ran concurrently with my work, I had gotten graduated from college. I had worked very intensely in the insurance industry and sold and was a successful salesperson. But all this time, from the time I was 23, I had been in Toastmasters. And wow. Toastmasters was my way of learning my craft. Mm-hmm. It was Toastmasters was the soil I grew up in. Wow! And so I couldn't I could do all these other things in the world, but like that that little that little core piece that said this is who I am is a speaker. I got to develop and work on my craft and work on mastery and nurture that concurrently with all the other things in my life. And then one day, in a Toastmasters meeting, of <laughs> course, I gave this really powerful speech about my grandfather who had passed away. And it was just this powerful, meaningful, captivated the audience. It, it had reached into my soul. And from the time I left the lectern to the time I sat down in my head i heard you are ready and i was ready and in that moment and i'm kind of a (laughs) expressive kind of person i made this decision that i was going to quit my job and start my company and i was ready to speak for a living and i did exactly that and i put it out into the universe i let everybody know and toastmasters is this great community and yeah so immediately people started saying, well, you know, you should talk to these people. They need speakers and you should do this. And a person came up to me and she says, you know, there's a woman in her Toastmasters class down in Houston that is a professor at the University of Houston. and She's talking about starting a training company too. You should meet. Hope and I met for lunch, never met each other, had no knowledge of each other other than this one person and that we were both Toastmasters. And in that lunch, we decided to start a company. And the two of us started a company. We called the Communication Resource. We did training and development. We did a lot of sales. We did customer service. I, I created keynotes and I went to Rotaries and Kiwanis and Garden Clubs and and a lot of Toastmasters stuff. And I got well known in the community. We started a Toastmasters club in. The Chamber of Commerce in one of the uh, in the Woodlands, which is north of Houston, and had this whole nest of companies, small companies, which is our market, small companies. Whole nest of small companies that we worked with. This is in the eighties. We got certified a woman-owned business. We did the due diligence to do a government contract. We didn't get the contract, which actually turned out to be a good thing. Later on, I, out I realized how hard that would have been to fulfill, but we were shortlisted for a government contract to train for the Navy. I mean, we were serious. We were in there. We were in our suits every day. We were marketing and living the dream. What I hear
0: is you had a vision that came to you. You trusted yes. something in yourself and the universe. And you jumped off the high dive, not quite knowing how it was going to look. And I think often, you know, people are just afraid to take that jump. And that's why we're having these conversations, because I want people to get inspired that, for the most part, it usually works out. It can work out. And even as we heard in Jen Liddy's story, when it didn't work out, she made it work out a different way. And You know, you have, well, there's maybe one life to live. Who knows? That's all we know at this moment, (laughs) right? Why not go for it?
1: (laughs) Exactly. It will work out in some way. Yeah. I mean, worst case, I got another sales job. I mean, I, I never couldn't have made something work, but it was worth the try. And the energy that happened once we let it be known and once we put ourselves out there, We were literally magnets. People would come up to us and then they'd recommend it. We did. I trained professors at Texas A&M University on how to talk to their students. I don't know (laughs) anything about science to teach a professor, but I did know communication. And Mm. we just got all this. We taught firemen how to give safety talks. We just had so much fun. And that, that was one of those, those big life experiences for me, Patty.
2: That's fabulous. All right. So let's keep going. What's another?
1: Another opportunity that happened to me is I had, I've gone through a divorce, which everybody knows is life-changing and tragic and just so much collateral damage in your life. And out of the blue, and I left this out of the blue stuff, out of the <laughs> blue, it just shows up, you know, unbidden, un, unimagined, just shows up. I had been very successful in the insurance industry. And someone who I had, who had been a vice president of the company that knew me, had gone to another company, now is the president of that insurance company, small insurance company in the South. And he calls me up and he says, "You're doing training and stuff." And I said, "Yeah." And he says, "The interview for a director of training. You know, I know you know the product. I know you're personable. I know now you're training and stuff. I think you'd be great for this. I want somebody who really knows this." So they flew me to Orlando from Houston, and it wasn't even an interview. We just had lunch and kibitz and. And I said, uh, you know, we'll buy your flight and we'll pay you an extra month to come look for a house. And it was just a done deal because they knew me. I knew them. And it was so free. It was sad because now we have two parents in two different states and you have all that Michigan to deal with. But the other hand was, it was like, oh, I'm free and I've got a whole new life and I've got a dependable income, which as we all know, if you're a consultant, that's harder as a single mom. Yes. This was just ideal for me. It just appeared and it used all of these skills I'd been working on. And concurrently, I was always working on Toastmasters. I It's a great place to try new things and experiment and get feedback. And all of that was always concurrent. So I, I packed up and I temporarily left my kids with my husband so I could get everything settled and started. And I drove, I couldn't wait to get out of there. I drove across the country from Houston. I just wanted to get to Florida. So I got, I drove in one fell swoop. I drove to the panhandle of Florida. <laughs> and there I, there I was, I stayed there. And then the next morning, I'm at 5.30 in the morning, in the Uh, what's the Pensacola or Pensacola bridge. So I'm crossing the huge and it's long and it's sunrise and I'm in the car and the song, you are the woman that I've always dreamed of (laughs) on the radio. And I'm like so happy. And I start honking my horn and then truck drivers are honking their horns to me and everybody's waving. It was like, it was a great day. It was a new life. And it It was the trajectory of my whole life has been from that one decision originally. Yes, I want to train for a living. Yes, I have the skills to do it. And I have uh, doing in different ways. But uh, I spoke for my entire life and I'm still in Toastmasters because I'm still learning. I think you said, though, it was a really scary decision to move,
0: to uproot your whole self and everything you knew and your kids. Ah. a brand
1: new place. How did you get the courage to do that? You know, you lay everything out and separating the kids from their father. And how are we going to do this? And what's the economics and what's the risk? And it was really hard because I had um, had a Toastmaster family that was like family. I had, you know, I had my community and my church. I had all the things that help stabilize you going through a divorce, that I had to leave. And so that was really hard. The the job itself and the economics of the job itself were very compelling. But the losses were very clear. And I had to ask myself, is it worth it? And I think the answer was, When I get to Florida, within a week, I found a Toastmaster Club in a library and I was pretty good shape, actually. I think you you choose to say, I can make a new life in this place. This makes sense. And then I'm willing to do what it takes to make it right for everybody else. But it's a choice to say, I am going to do this because it's the right decision. And I am going to make it work for me. Yes, and I guess yes. I did. And again,
0: I hear like a lot of trust and having a vision and then just taking the next action, which was to get in your car and drive. Yeah. And trusting how that feels. Because mm-hmm. I know if something feels good, then I want to move more towards it. If it starts mm-hmm. feeling bad, I want to move in a different direction. Right. And really trusting kind of that guidance system. Yeah. And I think the other really critical thing is you knew you need community. Mm. And I find so many people that literally have no community. And if you don't have community, it's so much harder to get things done. And so that's probably one of the most important things is building community. I know that the day I got to Clearwater, well, actually, before I got to Clearwater, when I moved here, I had looked up the closest b group, Business Networking International, because that's what I had been a part of for like 15 straight years in Minnesota. And there they were, and they had every profession I needed to help me with my house. But I walked into that group, and immediately, I had a community that was forming. I had people that wanted to go out to lunch with me. I had people that could help me, I had people who needed what I provided.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And so whether in business or not, it doesn't matter. The other thing I love is, you took a huge risk, you started a business sort of stepping out of the traditional, and I think a lot of times people get stuck there, like, well, if I went in this direction, I can't go back and get Mm -hmm. a job. That's not true. I have a a woman right now, her husband and she have been in this business for several years and they've struggled. And I kept saying, one of you needs a job, but all they could imagine in having a job was something they hated. Well, Mm. out of the blue, this perfect ideal job presented itself to one of them. She took the job, she got all the money she needed and wanted, and now they're still They've got a stable family and the husband can continue to build the other business. And so I think the other piece is we don't have to get stuck in any choice that we make. You know, we all know you married the wrong guy. I did. So what? I learned a lot. I left Mm -hmm. him. I found a great guy. We shouldn't get stuck in what if we fail. Right. Like you said, you know, I go back. That's what Jen kept saying. Like, she could go back to the teaching she used to do if everything failed. There's always something to go back to or something to go Mm -hmm. towards. Yes. And so I just think it's so important to follow your vision. I mean, what else are you going to do with your life? Right. Right.
1: Right. (laughs) And the vision changes as you change and your life circumstances. Yes. Yes. Your kids grow up and all that. Yes.
0: it, It changes. Absolutely.
1: I think it's easy to say, well, I put so much into this company that it's failure to quit, but it's not failure. It's just another choice. If I'm choosing to do something else, it's just another choice. And that learning and experience, that just gives me a greater foundation for the next step. So it's kind of like, in a way, I think of it as like a relay race, and I'm... Relaying this part of my life to the next part of my life to the next part of my life. And it's just been this giant, really nice. I love that image.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah, I think if you hear an image on this podcast from somebody and it really hits for you, make sure you jot it down, write it down, keep it in front of you. Because, you know, every morning you wake up and you have to kind of regenerate your enthusiasm for whatever you're up to. You know, you can be excited about it at first and then things maybe aren't going the direction you want and you got to regenerate your enthusiasm and we forget. (laughs) We forget these gems of wisdom or these things that really help us move forward. Um, And so really make sure, go back and listen, look at the transcript. If you hear something that really is a good fit for you that you want to keep
2: top of mind.
1: I like that, top of mind. Top
2: of mind, yes, yes, fantastic. And now that you're retired, Mm -hmm.
0: I guess I have two questions. One is Are there any like gems of wisdom for those Mm -hmm. who are on the younger side? And secondly, for those who are retired but still want to actively engage in visions and dreams, what would you have to say to them?
1: okay so for younger people it's trust yourself listen to yourself mm-hmm. trust yourself and don't be afraid to do the work mm. i mean i i was in toastmasters for more than a decade working on my speaking skills and presentation skills with vigor before i felt i had had any real chance of making it in the world so do your due diligence what does that mean does that mean courses does it mean organizations? Does it mean free speeches? I mean, it. it whatever whatever that is to you. Yes. Don't be afraid to learn the skills and work towards mastery. We can't just have a dream and walk out and master it. Yes. it doesn't, yes. It's not that easy. And yeah, the long game. I think the long game for young people. And mm-hmm. then for people more in in my area where, you know, you're retired, I think it's just, finding what you love. I've discovered, I've always dabbled in poetry and some writing, and I've found that to be so inspiring and engaging. And I'm doing some what we're calling mini memoirs, which are very short, single story memoirs. And this is all new. And it's, it's exciting and engaging. And Patty and I started a writing group. And We went to uh, Eckerd University to take uh, a writing course. It's pursue the things you love and have fun. I think we work so hard all our lives at this point. It's about having fun.
0: And what's wonderful when you get to your seventh decade, Mm -hmm. you don't care as much about what other people think, and you don't care as much. You want to succeed in certain ways, but it's different. Like, you can really just enjoy and love what you're learning and what you're up to. And in that, oftentimes, you do succeed. And I just want to say, don't don't wait until you're in your seventh, what do we call it? Seventh okay. <laughs> decade. You don't need to wait.
2: Just let it go now. Start creating. Yeah, have fun. Have fun.
1: All right, All right. And I'm starting an art class this month. Yes, so. you're going to start painting. Yeah, I've never done that before. Yeah, um, how it's, exciting. It's an adventure. Yes. <laughs> I think retirement is worth looking forward to. I think when we're young, we're kind of scared of it. Like, am I going to be bored or am I going to have enough money? And all those, all that we see, all the fears, but we don't like, wow, this is going to be so much fun. And I think all the, you know, preparing financially and all that's important. And just to know, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast today.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you to everyone who's been listening every week. Remember, if you want more resources, you can go to my website at www.fearlesslivingnow.com. We have a retreat coming up on Memorial Day weekend, which you'll hear more about as we move forward. And I will talk to you soon. Good day for now, my friends. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit fearlesslivingnow.com. Join the Fearless Living Now Facebook group and subscribe to the weekly podcast. This will give you more encouragement and inspiration. Feel free to reach out to me at patty at fearlesslivingnow or 612 363 7605 if you need anything.